Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name's Jade. And I'm Alicia. And do you want to tell us what's got your attention this week, Jade? Sure. So I've been watching SAS Australia. For those of you who don't know, the show's recently aired on Channel 7 and it sees Aussie celebrities take on a series of physical and psychological, I guess, tests from real SAS trainers. There's been quite a lot of coverage relating to who's on the show. So for those of you who don't know, there's Chappelle Corby, Candace Warner, Nick Cummins or the Honey Badger and someone like Roxy Jasenko. It's... A reality TV show, if you like, but a quite a different one in terms of the brutality of things that they have to go through. But it got me questioning why celebrities go on this show. Mm. I just, I'm not sure why you would subject yourself to that. Especially SAS. <laughs> exactly. Like it's full on if yes. you've watched it. And it seems pretty legit. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of reality shows, obviously a lot goes on behind the scenes and I'm sure with this one there does as well, but it's still they still have had to go on through what you see on TV, no matter the treatment they've got before and after those scenes have aired. My thinking is that the celebrities that have gone on these shows, it's to change how people perceive them or to change their narrative because a lot of them have had scandalous, if you like, past. They've had things come up in the media or they've been scrutinised for certain reasons and so they've gone on a show like this to change the way people think about them. What do you think? And is if that is the case, is that a good enough idea? I'm sure some do it just for the paycheck as well, though, I'm guessing. Yeah, look, well, seeing Roxy Jasenko on this, she's a huge reminder to me that being seen is better than not being seen because she's PR guru. However completely agree do you need to look at what this is going to do to your brand because if you crumble and come across as not a strong character um, possibly it brings up some things in the past that you you're not so um you don't want to share but you find yourself sharing say what's that going to do to your brand I think there is definitely some need to consult your PR professionals before taking on a on um, say a show like this, but yes, I'm I am conflicted whether yeah it's a good idea yeah because I was going to say that if you want to change a narrative about the way people think about you, don't you use a reality TV show because you don't pr- control the production outcome, you don't control how the producers are going to project you when they edit that show together. Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon, has said before, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And that quote, I think, is so applicable to this because I feel like if you're trying to change your story using one of these shows, I don't think what you're doing on these shows, people are going to be saying nice things about you when they watch you. Do you know what I mean? Like they're probably still saying things like, oh, look what she's done or look what she didn't do. You're just opening yourself up to more scrutiny, I think. Definitely. It depends on how much opportunity you think you're going to get to change that narrative in the show. Because from my little, like from watching this show, they're just, (laughs) they don't have much time to to, to change that they're literally just going from you know from um activity to activity so if you can call it that yeah <laughs> um and they don't control how it's aired on tv no 
you know, they could be the nicest person, but none of that is edited edited into exactly. the show. Yeah, so I don't know. I think um, I probably wouldn't have been recommending, say, Nick Cummins to go on a show like this um, if he didn't have to. Yes, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't know they're behind the scenes, but I think it's important for people to remember: be mindful of aligning your brand with a personality, as their indiscretions become yours. But also, if you're a personal brand yourself, a lot of small business owners are the face of their company. Um, unfortunately, your actions are just held to a higher standard of most because they are so public. I'm not saying that that's fair, but it's just the world that we live in. Um, and I don't think the general public are as forgiving as we used to be. No, no. Um, I think also for some of these celebrities that are on here, look, a lot of them I've, I know, nearly all of them, but maybe some people don't. And in that case, if some of these people have never been seen before, is this the best place for them to showcase who they are? Um In a Forbes article, I read why personal branding is more important than ever. It says, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart. Build trust and reflect on who you are. Don't know if they get a chance to do that in this show. (laughs) Well, I will say I didn't know anything about Candace Warner Mm -hmm. before this show. And I've definitely had a good impression of her. So I think maybe in some cases it might be applicable and in others maybe not. So what's got my attention this week? Um, it's an interview by Gary V. He interviews Matthew McConaughey on his new book, Why Red Lights in Your Life Will Eventually Turn Green. This interview was done on the 20th of October. To give you a quick background on Gary V, he's a serial entrepreneur and chairman of X, a modern-day communication parent company, as well as the CEO and co-founder of Media, full-service digital agency servicing Fortune 500 clients across companies' four locations. He's got a fifth book out called Crushing It, How Great Entrepreneurs Build Business and Influence and How You Can Too. Now, Gary V is someone we've spoken about before on this podcast, but he interviews Matthew McConaughey and Matthew McConaughey in this interview is um, it's very different to interviewing him for a movie because he, he, you know, he wrote this book so he can say what he wants and he's not afraid to tell you that. <laughs> um, I want to particularly talk about a point that they discuss at 22 Minutes In. He discusses the moment he realised that he needed to break the mould of being that shirtless rom-com actor. He must have gone for a a role which wasn't the rom-com actor and he wasn't even considered. And that's when he realised that he had had created a, a specific role for himself that he no longer wanted to be. So he's referring particularly to Dallas Bias Club. Dallas Bias Club was the first, um, I suppose... Non-rom-com. <laughs> yes, non- that he eventually got to do. But um, he, tell, he told his team that he didn't want to do rom-coms anymore. And six months later, they put an offer in front of him uh, of a role that was offering $8 million. They, they came back. Um, he said no. The movie execs, I guess, came back and said, offered him $14.5 million in the end. He, had, he joked that he read the script again. But um, still turned it down because he has got a new purpose and that is to not be a rom-com actor. So talk to me, Jade, about leaving money on the table to pursue your purpose. Yeah, I like when he said, if I can't do what I want to do, then I've got to quit what I've been doing. And I think that's really important because you have to make space for the things you want to do. You can't 
keep going the way that you're going and then just expect something to change, which is pretty much what he said. But then playing devil's advocate here, he was probably, when he was taking those calls, he was probably sitting in his Malibu mansion that was worth more than $14.5 million. So he had the luxury of turning that down. 100%. So I feel like maybe that sentiment is only for the fortunate who can do that and yes. not necessarily everyone. That's great if, you, if you're in that position, but not everyone is in that position. And maybe it takes a certain um, time in your career to be able to make those decisions because if you think about when you're finishing uni and you're taking those first opportunities, you can't. You can't be you can't be thinking of what your purpose is and exactly this role you want. You just need to take any opportunity that comes along. Yeah, otherwise you don't have a paycheck. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes you still don't. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you because later on in my career, I was able to take a redundancy and go without another job to go to and go, okay, I'm just gonna sit here for, you know, a month or whatever and find out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I did have that luxury to do that, whereas ten years before that in my career I wouldn't have been exactly. able to. So it does. So I think there's definitely um, an argument here for when when you can do that in your career. And obviously Matthew McConaughey has got um, a lot of cash, so he definitely could. Um, I like that he um, when he spoke about um, about three minutes in, he talks about what the book actually is all about. Um, when do we notice there is a green light within the yellow and the red light? So um, he speaks about when faced with the inevitable, get relative. How do you get relative with that situation? You either persist through it because you want to get where you want to go or you pivot or you hold up the white flag. Now, this to me is quite an interesting point to make. Um, It's almost about making that decision about whether or not you need to change up your, um, who you're recognized as. Um, So when faced with the inevitable, in his case, a rom-com actor and not consider for any other roles, he needs to get relative for what his true purpose is. That's what I understood. Yeah. Does he mean get relative in terms of understand it and change? No, he needs to become relative to what he wants to be. Right. Get me? So when faced with the inevitable, which is him being, he's was turned down that role. You need to get relative to what you want to achieve. Yeah. Which is, so if he kept doing rom-com movies, he wouldn't be doing that. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, So, However, he then, obviously in that quote, it still talks about pivoting, meaning changing it. Yeah. Don't, you know, you're, you've been turned down. Are you going to keep persisting or are you going to pivot? Try now, can you do it, have a different direction? Or are you just going to surrender altogether? Oh, I'll never be that actor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to stick with rom-coms. So that's yeah. what he's saying. With, um, yeah. Yeah, what you, what you take, what option you take there. I have to be honest, I didn't expect a book like this from Matthew McConaughey, mm. which is, I suppose, the whole point of it, but... I've heard before he's quite a smart guy mm. and obviously very deep. Like, Well, he said he's been journaling since he was 14. Yeah. And to be honest, in this interview, Gary V was so annoying. He did not give Matthew McConaughey a chance. That's to... standard for Gary V, though, it isn't is. it? And he even calls it out, I think. Um, I think he even calls it out in the notes of the YouTube video. He says, I know you guys are going to slam me for not talk- stopping talking, but I was just so excited about this chat. So, yeah, it is standard. And I just wanted to hear what Matthew McConaughey had to say. Well, he's been on absolutely everyone else's podcast, so I'm sure you can listen to him there. <laughs> he has, he has. The brand we're discussing this week is Kellogg's. If you walk down your supermarket cereal aisle, nearly all the boxes you see are owned by Kellogg's. 
Nutrigrain, Coca Pops, Just Right, Fruit Loops, etc. Kellogg's is an American owned and is is in over 180 countries. Now, the per their purpose was a little bit hard to find, so I sort of made an agglomeration of their um, purposes. I saw nurturing the planet. We promise to nurture the world we live in, just as it nurtures us. And then I also found in 2016 they announced breakfast for better days commitments with a goal to provide three billion better days by 2025. What did you see the purpose as, Jade? Something different, <laughs> a little bit. Um, I trawled through their history section and they said something about bringing together the founder's vision of great tasting, better for you breakfast foods. Great tasting, better for you breakfast foods. So right. the for good aspect of that for the community would be the great tasting, better for you foods because I think probably back then what was considered healthy wasn't necessarily better tasting. Um, I feel like the stuff they've got around nurturing the planet is more around stuff they have to do versus what they're actually intending to do. Sure. Does that make sense? Yes. In that case, their purpose is different to their, I guess, Corporate social responsibility. Corporate response, yeah, the yeah. CSR. So then in a message, in a marketing message, what takes hierarchy? Your purpose? Question. Yeah. So at the moment, they have got a lot on their website. And to be honest, it's outdated. I see that they have, um, they have five sustainability goals on their website, which includes things like reducing the energy they use, reducing water. They've highlighted the ingredients they're working towards sourcing responsibly and include a goal of how they will reduce their contribution to plastic by 2016. Oh, I mean, yeah, so this is how outdated these things are. Um, they've also got goals um, where they give back to the community. Um, they're called, so they've got five give back goals with real figures and dates to keep the goals accountable. An example of this is expanding breakfast programs so that 2 million children worldwide can, give, can get their best start to their day. I think this is a great example of how they would be delivering on their purpose. So they're providing these better for your breakfast foods to people who can't afford them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sustainability, I think, is more in there because it has to be. Right. So then if there's a hierarchy of where the brand should be putting their their marketing attention it's definitely keeping to that purpose um and and expanding on who knows about their giving back contributions and providing these better for you breakfasts yeah and at the moment that's quite hidden with everything else they've got going on yeah so much it's almost like um when i go on the website and i know i'm i'm seeking it but you're overloaded and almost go wow they're doing my first impression was they're doing everything and to think well done then that's like literally just off the top of my head that's what I thought but when you get into it it's old tapped on okay they're doing that we should do this you almost see that it's just it's just all on top of each other and it's very messy it's very responsive I think Mm -hmm. to the market not necessarily a planned strategy if you like yeah and maybe that's due to how huge they are Possibly because I've also thought the products themselves that Kellogg's offer also have their own brands. Mm. So I think the Kellogg's brand itself as an umbrella is probably overlooked mm. and they focus more on the brands of the products that they have, like Special K, for example. Yeah. What did you find the strengths were, though, of the brand? 
Look, I actually think that they were the first brand I saw to set objectives. And I know some of them are outdated since one of them was 2016, but I like that they put a statement to an objective and an objective being um, a milestone they need to meet. It makes it more actionable. Definitely. Yeah. And almost so good for a marketer because they can, you can do a whole strategy around that leading up to that point and then reflecting on what you did to once you've met it at that point, at that date. So I love that each of these statements had goals against them. I think we see this with the body shop. They put dates to their, um, to their objectives. And I really like it when I see that because it's almost keeps them accountable. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, that's probably the only thing I thought was their strengths. That sounds horrible, but I felt the brand really lacked personality that, like you said, the features, when you look at the website and the features of the brand are still quite dated. And I feel like they could really do a lot with it to bring it back to the younger generations. Which do I, you think this is because we're looking at the umbrella brand? Possibly, but I mean, they do so much that I feel like you can't just overlook that overarching brand. It has to, they have it everywhere. It's got to stand for something. Yeah. I think as well, their content is really lacking. The articles on their website were very fluffy and they maybe had one paragraph on a topic like gluten-free and then just recommended their gluten-free products. I feel like to be a leader in this space, you can do that really easily and they're just not doing it especially around nutrition, because in their history section, they said that they were one of the first companies to actually hire a dietitian in the food industry. So why aren't you utilizing this aspect and putting these experts into your brand and providing a lot more content when there's so much content out there in this industry that's probably not written by professionals where you have the, you have the ability to get professionals in to do all this stuff and it's related to your product. I feel like they're missing a big part there. Yes, they've got recipes for how to use their products, but they don't have the content about nutrition and health that they could have. Mm, yeah, agree. I think, you know, just thinking, just hearing what you're saying there with the dietitian, that would just, that would be so leverageable on their socials, but it's just definitely missed. I found their socials just looked really forced too. And also purpose is just given not much attention, which if you want to connect with your audience, show them all the good you're doing. Like if you're doing this and, you know, we saw some stats on there of billions of breakfast given to less fortunate, things like that. Um, let's, let us in on that, create some emotive content and make us feel for Kellogg's. For instance, I would, um, as a recommendation, I would say giving the, um, the socials over to, um, the different goodwill platforms. So say if you're working with food bank, let food bank have it for a month Yes. and show us how Kellogg's are making a difference in food bank. Yeah, what they're able to do. Yeah, because isn't um, seeing seeing it better than anything? Another example would be giving it to giving the socials over to the farmers. Um, follow them for a few for a few weeks and let them show you how um, Kellogg's have made a difference in a sustainable in a sustainable way they're going about farming. And they say all this and there's press releases and it's over their website. But sure, who knows about it? Yeah. And I think they've got a post there where it's literally just a farmer holding a grain. But come on, you're Kellogg's. You can do better than a pitcher. <laughs> yes, yeah, they can. The app making me more productive this week is ClickUp. 
It can be used on your mobile or laptop and I've used it to replace many different apps actually. I mainly use it for tasks but you can also have a chat with your work colleagues or add or edit documents, even project management. It's great because you can have spaces so you can use these spaces or sections for certain work or certain clients and then I have one for home stuff to do as well. It's perfect for freelancers because you can add a time tracker to your tasks and keep track of all the time you're spending to charge your clients. If you want to change up some of your content, crowdsourcing a copywriter is life-changing. Give them a brief with your unique selling proposition and see what creative lines you come back with. It just helps you create some new, fresh content without having to try and use your own language again. You never know. Something that they might come up with, you might use in your brand moving forward. Crowdsourcing page like Design Crowd is something to, to look up. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. Podcast.